0: All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Steven Pemberton, who is a husband, father, and CEO and co founder of the Marketplace Edge. Steven, how are you doing? Great. How are you? Doing well, doing well. And we like to jump right in. So, if you could start with telling us a little bit about yourself and some of the things that you like to do for fun, that'd be great. So,
1: for me, the things I like to do for fun is The same way you introduced me, husband and father, those are my two most important things. I actually own a business, so my wife and I run our business from home and we homeschool. So I actually, right before this call, just got back inside from playing basketball with my son. So those are some of the things I enjoy doing. Hanging out with my wife, watching movies, and playing basketball with my son are probably the two most important things to me.
0: I love that. I love that. How old is your son? He's seven. Nice, nice, nice. Does he have dreams of the NBA, or is basketball just a hobby right now for him?
1: Oh, basketball is just a hobby because he's super high energy, so I, that's just an outlet. Yeah, yeah, awesome. I love it.
0: Well, tell us a bit more about the business that you and your wife run.
1: So, the business that I, I would not be doing it justice if I didn't preface how we got here. So, and because I, I think it could really impact some people that are listening to this, is in May of 2020. So, like in the heat of the pandemic, I been working this corporate job for six years, which is maybe like you if you're hearing this. And I'd been there six years, worked my way up the ladder. I mean, this was what my entire identity was in. And I started having terrible anxiety attacks and first time in my life ever. And then June 9th rolls around and I got to this point where it was three in the morning and I just felt like I'm done. I'm done with this job. I'm going home. (laughs) And I quit the job. And I end up going home to run a business with my wife. We had a little business on the side and it was Amazon. We were selling stuff on Amazon. And I thought, okay, cool. It's going to blow up. Well, it did just not in a good way. Two months later, completely exploded. We were, we had gotten shut down. We were, Amazon was holding $53,000. And on top of that, we had another $50,000 worth of inventory. So that was crazy. But Two months after that, uh, my 401k was completely dried up. We were about to have to go find a job. And my wife was actually on Facebook. So if you're hearing this, don't discount a video that comes across her feed. But <laughs> She sees this video come across her feed and she said, hey, that looks like what I was just doing on Amazon. I, I wonder what that is. And so she looks into it and within a month, we're able to make a, a, enough money to stay home. And then within... Three months, we were able to actually give a thousand dollars to help underprivileged kids have Christmas. and then fast forward, we've actually been able to pay off the debt. It's just been an amazing thing, but I wouldn't be doing it justice if I didn't preface how we even got to this point.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, I think we're everybody who's listening is wondering, what is it that you do?
1: So my wife and I actually, so um everyone for the most part has heard about selling items on Amazon and doing that stuff, but we actually do it on Facebook. So we actually just transitioned. It's basically the same exact thing, but a whole lot easier to get into. If you've ever heard of Amazon and you're like, oh, wow, you know, I'm on here every day and it's got the one click buy. It's like, well, yeah. And it's easy to have that organic traffic, but it's super hard to get into just because of the barrier to entry when Facebook is almost the exact opposite right now, at least.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And you guys found that concept of selling on Facebook from a video that just popped up on your feed.
1: Yes. On my wife's feed, she was sitting there scrolling as some of us do. And it just came across her feed and she saw it and said, Hey, I think that's something we could do. And I said, okay.
0: (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. Well tell us a bit about your motivation in life and what gets you up and keeps you going every day with your business and your family. So the biggest thing that motivates me now,
1: I mean, as you can imagine, when I first quit the job, I thought it was going to be the business. But after being in corporate for six years and quitting that job, I was kind of lost because I was used to having a schedule, get up at this time, go to work at this time, get off at this time, have lunch at this time. So what motivated me then was just, well, I had to pay the bills. But now what motivates me is just my son, even more than my wife. Like my wife and I have an amazing relationship now, but I want my son to be the best he can be. And the only way he can be the best he can be is to see his dad be the best he can be. So that's what motivates me every day to be on these podcasts and be able to talk to amazing people like you, because that helps me be able to help him in the future.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I love that. I've heard similar things like that of like when you become a parent like some of the best things that you can do for your children is one, be the best that you can be, but then two, also love your spouse, the best that you can love your spouse. Cause they'll also get, you know, just how they think of love and what they think about love from that interaction that they see every day. So.
1: Oh yeah. That's a hundred percent the truth. I can tell you that from experience, if you are listening to this and you've ever wondered, that is very true. I used to be this kind of person where I used to play video games religiously like hours, and I would get upset just a little bit. <laughs> and I would start just getting really mad. And I've watched that translate into my son. And I watched him get explosively upset where he started breaking things. And I would get, he would get in trouble. And I'd be like, where is he getting this? And my wife said, he's getting that from you. And then I'd get mad at her. But once I stopped playing games and I focused more on becoming the best I can be, all of a sudden his anger issues almost went away. As he watches me love his mom the way I'm supposed to, be a good servant to her, take care of her and her needs, then he is starting to do the same thing. And it's just very interesting, and especially if you're in this environment where you're like, you know, do do my kids actually care? Do they actually see what I'm doing? I can tell you from experience, they do.
0: Mm, Yeah, I got you. I love that. And so with all that time you used to spend playing video games, when you stopped, what did you replace video games with?
1: You know, so <laughs> when I replaced that time with, that's actually a great question, no one's asked me that. So what I replaced that time with was, I actually replaced that with family time. Because for me is, you know, when I quit the job, I was playing all these games. I tried to be a Twitch streamer. I was like, okay, I'm gonna make this community and organic traffic and all this stuff. But no, <laughs> it was really just a waste of time, so. <clears throat> And if anyone's listening to this and you're a gamer, I'm not taking shots. I've played games since I was five religiously, but I stopped because I wanted to replace it with family time because when you get married or you're in a serious relationship and you have a kid or multiple kids, it stops being about you. It starts being about them. And so for me, it wasn't this loss. I don't feel like I lost anything because I gained a great family because they got my presence instead of just my present that I was giving them, the money, the finances. So I replaced it with, you know, watching movies, playing basketball, doing those kind of things. And it's just been absolutely amazing to see the turnaround in our relationship.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Do you ever think about playing video games with your family?
1: Uh... No, (laughs) the reason why is because for my son is he, he used to play religion. He used to play a lot, but I noticed how he would think bigger when he was off of them. Like when he was off of them and he would hang out with us. Cause I mean, his desk, I know no one can see this, but his desk is to the right of me. Like it's right there. And on the other side of him is my wife's. So he is fully immersed in, in our presence And every day we're talking about business, we're talking about investments and all these different things. So he hears that. And so he, you know, imitates that and he'll sit sit there and talk about it. But when he plays games a lot, then it reverses where he doesn't think as big. And so now that he's stopped playing games then no, I don't. And a, a big part of that is, too, is I just don't put myself in the environment. That's something that I know I can get hooked to. And so I just make sure, like, even if he is playing, if he does something incredible and he wants to play, I'm like, okay, go ahead. But I just don't put myself in the environment. I'll sit there and I'll clap for him. I'll say, oh, that's cool. You built that thing or you did that thing. But I just don't pick up the controller.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. That's awesome. Well, tell us a bit about your dreams, goals and vision for your life and your family and your business.
1: So, yeah, absolutely. So the dreams and the visions I have now is... I mean, where I'm at right now and where we are with our business is we've already done something that no one in either of our families has ever done. We actually have some simulants of financial freedom. We have employees that run our entire business for us. We just check in, we you know oversee everything, but we don't have to be in the day-to-day grind of it. And we've been able to make some investments, do some different things, but the vision is bigger than us now. I mean, now we're partnered with my cousin, and a nonprofit to be able to help underprivileged kids have a Christmas. And last year, we were able to help 38. This year, we've already helped 72. And now we're on, we're on our way to helping 100, over 100. And that's really what the vision is, is just to expand that. Because it's great to have financial freedom for yourself and to be able to make money. But if you're not doing anything with it, then it's almost better if you hadn't gotten it. And I know that seems super harsh, but the thing is, is that anyone hearing this, when you get to a certain form of success, it's not just meant for you, it's meant to help others. And so for me, is that was like the first thing we did. We started just getting involved with it. Like we, last week when we were away for Thanksgiving, we spent like, I don't know, tw- eight hours a day wrapping presents and organizing and doing inventory and doing all these things for these kids because we want it to be about them in this holiday season. Because I've been blessed. We've been blessed. My son's been blessed. And there's some people out there that just aren't as fortunate. And that is really what the vision is, is to just continue to expand the business to where we can become such a big opportunity that we're able to bless other people.
0: I love that. I love that. And what is the nonprofit called?
1: So the nonprofit is called Journey to Impact, and I will send it to you because it's like this crazy long link that we're going to work on shortening up to be able to, if you guys feel led, you, first off, I want to just say you don't have to give if you hear this, but if you feel led to, I would, I would love that, and I thank you for that ahead of time, and I will send it to you so you can put it in the notes because it's, it's a crazy long link, but if you want to find it easily, go to stephenpemberton.com. It's the very first thing right there.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, that sounds good. And for anybody listening, that will be in the show notes as well as stephenpemberton.com. What really caused you to take that leap from corporate to like, I'm just quitting my job and I'm going to go, go all in on the business. And it sounds like there were two leaps in your journey. You kind of jumped from corporate into like, you know, gaming lifestyle, you were kind of lost and then boom into business with your wife and that blew up. So just elaborate a bit more on that and kind of what so, your process was.
1: Yeah. So for me is faith plays a huge part of my life and in our family's life. So really my faith is what led me to do that, to quit that job. And on top of that was, I mean, to be honest, I know for me to get into that job, only reason I was at that job that I hated was because I had to put food on the table. And I know there's a lot of us like that, where you're at a job you don't like. (laughs) Yeah, amen. That was me for six years. Hated that job. I was working 12 to 14 hours every day, five to six days a week for six years. And yeah, it was cool. I moved up. I became a manager. No one in my family had ever done that. I was making pretty good money. But my family suffered. I feel like i missed six years of my son's seven-year life. So that was a big influence. My wife and I, our relationship was okay. You know, there's some marriages out there where you, oh yeah, we've been married for blah, blah, blah years. It's like, but are you happily married? Are you just together? You guys high five and then go to bed. That was how our relationship was. Our relationship was trash. So I just knew if I wanted my family to be whole and I wanted to see us really flourish that I had to quit. It just wasn't a choice. And luckily, and this is just a huge tip to anyone, is make sure to have good community. Make sure when you have a dream, you have it in seed form. Don't tell that to everyone. Because some people aren't going to be as crazy as you. And some people will be right there with you. And you just have to know who your fighters are and who aren't. Like my, my family were the last people I told because they were not in my corner. <laughs> and that's just because they love me. And they may love you and they don't want to see you get hurt. So just be aware of that.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love it. Well, if there are one or two people that you can meet right now, and this can be a specific person or a type of person that could really help you take the next step towards continuing to expand that business so you can give back more and impact others more, but also helping more underprivileged kids, who would they be and how would they do it?
1: So the two people that instantly come to mind is one, Pedro Adeo, and two is Grant Cardone. I've been able to see both of them in person. I've been able to be in a smaller, intimate setting with both of these people and how they would do it. So Pedro Adeo, if you don't know who he is, he's the big challenge guy. So if you've ever seen Tony Robbins and any of his seven-day challenges, Pedro's the one who helped inspire him, inspired Dean Graziosi to do these challenges. So him would be one because I think that there's this leverage. You're able to leverage your own knowledge, your own experiences because everyone's unique to be able to make money. And that's just through Facebook. You don't have to have anything crazy. You don't have to be on Amazon. You don't have to sell stuff. You're just basically selling the knowledge in your head. So that's one, and that would help expand it because then I could actually just leverage that platform to help underprivileged kids get the message out. And then number two, with Grant Cardone, most people know who he is, but with him is he wasn't necessarily an underprivileged kid until his father passed away. If you've ever heard his story, his father passed away, his mom has to sell the house and they're struggling but her, His dad made good money before he passed away, but he didn't leave anything behind really. So being able to just get that in front of him, be able to put, hey, this is what we're doing. I know because he has something similar as far as one of his, his foundations could do that also is so if you hear what the two people I'm talking about, Pedro Adeo, help now that helps the business now with Grant, he's really big in real estate. So that's investments. That's long term. So that's where I can put money away to make passive income to be able to help kids. So those are the two people and those are the reasons why and how.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that. Just real quick, how do you spell Pedro's last name?
1: A-D-A-O.
0: Gotcha. Awesome. And he would help you now by helping you kind of get a challenge around your business that you can get out there? Yes. so would it be challenging people to set up the business like you've set it up or challenging to like produce leads for your business?
1: So it'd be challenging. So we actually have done this in the past. That's what the marketplace edge is, is helping people be able to find their own stimulants of success. Not everyone wants to make a million. Some people just want to make $500 extra to be able to take their spouse or significant other out to a nice dinner or buy them Christmas presents, whatever it is. So we've helped about 10 to 15 people be able to do that. And so the challenge would just be centered around either one of two things would either one be relationships because my wife and I, we actually already do something like that on Sunday nights, but two would be the business because it's a new opportunity. It's easy to get in. We've done it. We've produced the results and we, and I straight up show them exactly how we're doing it on my store live. It's not this metaphysical thing where hey this worked four years ago it's like no this is what's working now and so that's what we show everyone because we want them to be able to have their form of success so that's what the challenge would be around
0: i feel that i feel that that's awesome and so you guys not only implement it but you teach people and the challenge would be around the teaching right gotcha awesome well, what are the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to help you accomplish your dreams of helping more underprivileged kids and furthering the business?
1: So the two things that everyone can do, and this is more for everyone else, because the thing is with us and our business is we've been blessed. And I don't I, I, honestly, if I can just be as forthcoming as I can be, is I don't want you to have to come into my store and buy stuff. Like, that's just not who I am. If you, if you stumble across me, cool, like I'll help you out, whatever it is. But I really want, if you're hearing this, here's two things you could do is one today, start finding good community that not just people you can hang out with and they, you know, misery loves company. So I'm miserable. Hey, how miserable are you? Can I be miserable with you? Like, no, go find people who are good, encouraging community who are heading in the same direction, who are heading where your dreams are. Going back to a question you asked is, what is your dreams and your visions? Align with people that are in the same vein as you, one. Two is, number two is really just become the best you can be. Make yourself a good opportunity. That doesn't have to be through learning how to do the same business as us. It could be through your own special, unique sauce, whatever your sauce is. But through those two things, because... I, you know, we're not the only ones with a nonprofit. We're not the only ones helping kids. We're not the only ones with a business. And I would, I would feel selfish if I said, hey, go to this website, buy my stuff, or go to this nonprofit and donate. I really want everyone to take the time, become the best you can be, and then give. That doesn't have to be to us. But if you're giving and giving to good, reputable people, you're going to be impacting the world and helping people. And that's why those are my two things, to be able to just make a bigger impact in this world.
0: I feel that. Awesome. Well, now we're going to jump into our thriving three. And our first question is, what's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one.
1: Book, movie, or podcast. So my favorite book right now, I would say is Crazy Faith by Michael Todd. That book has greatly helped me in a, a multiple areas of my life. I've given that book away I bought like five copies on the day it dropped and gave it away. So Crazy Faith by Michael Todd is my favorite book right now.
0: There we go. What's one way you like to take care of yourself?
1: One way I like to take care of myself is taking naps. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. And what is one action step you can take right now to get to that point where you are helping as many underprivileged kids as you can or meeting Pedro or Grant face-to-face one-on-one conversation.
1: So the, the thing is, I think it's very interesting about that question is I've already, I'm already taking those steps because a, I've already invested a ton of money in the Pedro stuff where I'm able to be on his calls twice a week, where I'm able to, you know, have that kind of conversations. But uh, more than that is just, Every, the thing is, that I want to give something practical where everyone can do it, where everyone can meet their hero. I Going back to my two things for everyone is if you do those two things, find the good community and become the best you can be and expand into your own power that you have, you'll be able to step into rooms and have the confidence to actually meet these people. And so that's why for me is, you know, reading the book, I, I read every single day because I want to just be able to step into rooms and be confident because there's a lot of times where there's these people like Grant or Pedro or Tony Robbins or Dean Graziosi. And you step into the room and you're like, Oh man, Hey, look, they're like right there. It's like, I could go talk to them. It's like, but I don't, you know, they're, they're talking to someone. I'm nervous. I don't want to, it's like, you don't have the confidence to do it, but if you have the confidence, it's easier to make that introduction. It's easier to have that conversation. So that's what I can do today is just continue to expand and become continue to become better. And I know that sounds super cheesy, but I'm serious. Like if you do those things, it makes your life easier because you have confidence.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Tell us a little bit about going back to this journey. It happened pretty quick for you. You said you quit your corporate job in June of 2020, right? So were there any limiting beliefs that you had, from June of 2020 up until now in that journey of coming to success. And if there were, how did you deal with them?
1: So that's a, an amazing question because yes, absolutely. So me quitting that job, that was not the first job I quit to actually start a business with my wife. When I was 21. I was 21, I actually quit my job whenever my wife was staying at home with our son. We had just had our son. And she didn't want to go back to work. She wanted to start a business. We started a business. So I was the only one bringing home funds at this time. And I said, hey, you know what's great? Instead of just one person in it, how about two people in it? With $500 to our name, no skills. I said, let's do this. You know, I had all the enthusiasm in the world, but then I quit and I remember standing (laughs) because I said, okay, where are people? And so I went to the mall And I stood there just like a deer in headlights, just watching people walk by. And I'm sure somebody probably called security at least once or twice. But because I was just so like nervous, I didn't know how to sell anything. I didn't have any skills at all. So it it didn't go well. So failed. Ended up in the basement, lost everything. And so, yes, June quitting that job. My limiting belief was, you know, I know I can do it. But at the same time, what if I don't? So that... I listened to David Groggins and he's this, he's this guy he who's a ex Navy seal. And he talked about this thing. Somebody asked him, how do you stay motivated when you're doing a, a run or something crazy? And he said, if I'm doing a 200 mile run, he said, I always tell myself what if I can do it. And the thing is, is when you tell yourself, what if I can't, then your mind's going to find every reason you can't for me is I was saying, what if, what if it doesn't work? And that's why I went and I started doing Twitch streaming because that was my fallback plan is I was going to go viral for being halfway average at a video game. And so that was the biggest limiting belief is what if it doesn't work. But then whenever the business shut down in August, I didn't have a choice. I couldn't play games because I wasn't making anything anyways. It was wasting time that I needed to find another opportunity. So it just became literally back against the wall Either figure it out or you, you don't. Again, <laughs> you either figure it out or you go back to the basement. And I was not going back to the basement. And so we were doing everything we could, looking everywhere. And that's where she found that video scroll across her feed. So biggest limiting belief was just, what if it doesn't work? And I think that that's a lot, like a lot of people I know is, you know, you, you get into a course or a business or a job and it's like, you know, what if it doesn't work? What if I can't learn that? Even in schools, like, what if I can't learn this? And as soon as, you t- as soon as you speak those words, you're speaking death into your situation. And again, that sounds harsh, but when you tell yourself that you're not going to do it, just don't even try because you're not going to do it. I remember first time I, I squatted 500 pounds, I told my I, I got under the bar. I did, 460, I did 490 before 500. I said, I can't do it. And guess what happened? I couldn't do it. <laughs> like, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out If you tell yourself enough, you can't do something, you're not going to do it. So for anyone listening, don't say can't. Just take it out of your vocabulary and you'll see your life just skyrocket in different areas.
0: Mm, I love that. I love that. Changing your language. Awesome. I got one last question for you. And it's going to require a bit of pretext. And so the pretext is, you know how there are people in life who kind of have that fixed mindset, not willing to accept help, not willing to accept change. Sometimes they die like that. That's just how they live their whole life. And then other times they change to a growth mindset, willing to accept help, willing to accept change. In your opinion, what is the catalyst that causes that change?
1: So this is a a fantastic question because I I am both of these people. I grew up in a house where my mom was growth mindset, still is. My dad is still fixed mindset. And for me i early in my life and i think that this is something that is extra this is just a bonus is a lot of how you act is who you are around when you're young just like a puppy a puppy in the first 12 weeks of its life learns the most it's going to learn like that is the time where you need to get it socialized blah 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 right and the thing is is that for me i spent all my time with my dad so i was already an introvert to the point where you stick me in a room and you come back and it's like I, I was like they didn't even have a kid they could just put me in a room I was just there <laughs> like they didn't have, I wasn't loud I didn't break nothing I was just there and so when I grew up being around my dad he was very much like politics sucks life sucks my job sucks I you know all the all the, I can't make any money more than my job so I'm just going to work go to school get a degree go work make 50,000 a year and live middle class. And that's what he was telling me to do. So for me, the biggest shift, because then I married someone who was growth mindset. So it was crazy. I was fixed. She was growth, a lot of fights, but <laughs> it was this shift where honestly, the biggest shift that happened for me to make that change was pain. And I know that no one wants to hear that. Everyone's, everyone wants to think, I was inspired to quit. I was inspired to do the business and you can be but if there's not enough pain to push you to the next day because inspiration only, and motivation only lasts so long it's this thing that's fleeting so it can get you through a week but then what is going to keep you going a lot of times it's not unless you find a small form of success to help you push forward which is another key you need some pain to push you in the beginning like right now my wife and i a great example my wife and i are getting into an investment. That is going to make us money, but upfront it's kind of painful. It's going to cost a lot of money to get into. That's pain. That pain pushes us into, okay, we got to get everything done that we can right now. So as soon as it's ready, we go. And that's why I think that that's that pain is what got me out of fixed mindset. Because even in a fixed mindset, for everyone who has a fixed mindset listening to this, you still have dreams. No one who has a fixed mindset never looked at a Lamborghini and thought, oh, that's not cool. Or having a mansion, that's not cool. Even when you are a fixed mindset, you can say things like, oh, you know, rich people are terrible and they don't do anything for this world. Like they suck. But on the inside, you still wish that you were rich. You don't want to live in the situation you're in. So my thing was, I thought that, and it took pain for me to at least try to push towards it. And that's that pain is actually what motivated us to be in this position. Somehow, like we always put ourselves through a limited amount of pain, enough to motivate us to move. And as we move, then we figure it out. We get little successes. It helps us move. So I always think a catalyst to success is just pain. Now, don't, like, don't go physically hurt yourself. Like, I'm not talking about that kind of pain. Like Hold up. <laughs> but yeah. it's a pain where you just say no more. When I was in that job, the pain of having these anxiety attacks and literally crying on my way to work is it pushed me to the point where it was like, I, I can't take it. My family, it was like my son never saw me. I missed his first steps, missed his games, missed everything. My wife, I, she would get the worst of me. So it was this pain of I just saw what was around me and said, I can't do this. No more. And that, I think there's always that one point of any successful journey that becomes successful. Pain.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well, awesome, man. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off?
1: Man, I'm just thankful for you having me here. It's been, I I really love the questions. You know, I've been on quite a few podcasts now and no one's really asked those questions. And so, I mean, just chatting is just keep asking those questions. And for everyone listening, these questions aren't just for me. Go back, listen to it again. The questions he's asking me, ask yourself. Pretend as if he's asking you and then write those answers down. Because that is, you're going to be able to take a snapshot of your life right now and see where you're going. Because if your dreams and your visions are to stay where you are, then do you pretty much you that's where you're going to be in five years. Like if you want to stay, and I, I hear that a lot, growing up in the south, it was always just have enough, like, hey, just have enough. And having enough is it leaves out people who really need you. So if I can just leave anything with you is don't, don't just limit yourself to having enough become more because there's people who are hurting who you can really bless and really help if you become more
0: i love that there you go well Stephen, thank you for coming on the show man thank you for having me again i loved it you asked some
1: really good questions and i just I, i'm just so inspired by you and just the questions you asked and uh, i'm thankful to have been here
0: yeah, yeah, no, of course, we're grateful to have you. And if you guys are listening to this, and you loved what Stephen had to say, and maybe you want to help out with some of the underprivileged kids and some of the things that he's doing in his life, there'll be ways to contact him. Maybe you want to take part in the challenge that will also be in the show notes. But like he said, focus on finding that great community and making yourself as good as you can be in your secret sauce in your genius zone. Awesome. As we always ask,